Welcome to the Oceans Church Podcast. We pray that as you join us for this message, you are blessed, encouraged and empowered to bring the kingdom of heaven into your spheres of life. We're going to go to the source and this series has been amazing where we've looked at Pastor Shape, our senior pastor, uh, spent two weeks looking on who is Jesus and the first week was that Jesus satisfied and just did an awesome little two-week back-to-back um, message. And then my wife, the amazing Ash Hall, um, preached on how Jesus gives us hope. And it's so true. Like, we can be hopeless in life, and Jesus, an encounter with Jesus, gives us hope. And then Kelsey, Kelsey Pinelli, where even is she? She's out here somewhere, down the back with the kids. Kelsey preached just a phenomenal message. And can I tell you, if you miss any part of the series, it's definitely, it's a, it's a series where it's worth going back and just uh, re-watching. So if you're away, sick, uh, maybe it's your first time here, go and catch up. It's really good. It's a great series. And, you know, I couldn't think of any better place to land this plane than what Jesus leaves you with. Because who knows that, you know, when we encounter Jesus, we don't just get the love and get the hope and get seen, uh, but we get left with something in us that's changed and that, that almost propels us into the future, propels us to, to do different things, to do, you know, things that, that, you know, new dreams, new things, things from God. And so when Jesus, when we encounter Jesus, when we encounter the real Jesus, it's not just about what we feel in the moment, but it's like, hey, he's got a plan for your future. He's got a plan for the, for the rest of your life. And, and the Bible says it's actually a good plan. And so we're going to look at that today, and we're going to look at how the real Jesus gives us purpose. Are you ready? Cool, let me pray. I want you even in this moment, just lean in. You know, I believe God is going to speak to each of us today. So Father, we just tune our focus to you. We give you our attention. Holy Spirit, would you come into our minds, into our hearts? Would you give us ears to hear what you're saying to us in this moment? And Father, we, we, we pull down our guards even at the moment. Any guards or things that, that, that we're putting up as barriers to your entry, Father, we just say, come in, we're open. Holy Spirit, would you come and move and speak to people in this place? In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Come on, let's go. Thank you, Jess. You're amazing. Uh, cool. Well, who here, when they were in year 10, got asked what you're going to do for the rest of your life? Right? Did we all experience that? When I was in year 10, I was 15, right? And, and I remember being asked by my teacher, it's like the whole careers thing and, and uh, being asked by my teacher, what do you want to do? Like, you know, what's the next 20 years of your life? What do you want to spend your life doing? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I have no idea because, because what you want to do for the next 20 years will inform, you know, what you study at university. And then what you study at university will inform like what you study in year 10 and uh, year 11 and 12 and what ATAR you get and what streams you go into. And then so they, that requires you to make a decision at the age of 15 to be like, yep, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. And I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I, I was feeling lost in that moment. All I knew is that I liked playing guitar and I wanted to be like Ed Sheeran and I liked playing basketball. <laughs> They were my two goals in life, but they're not good career options. And so I went down a different path. I actually went down the path of like econ and, and accounting and business. But who else? Yeah, come on. Come on. Everyone who loves econ, say amen. Yeah. Three people over there. They're my people. I'll come hang out with this side. Uh, and who knows that without a purpose, we can feel so lost. You know, that was, it's like a funny story from when I was 15, but 
you know, for real, like we can look at the next year of our lives, the next five years of our lives and be like, what actually am I doing? Like, what am I doing here? What does the next year look like? What does the next five years look like? Maybe some of us haven't even thought about that for a long time. Maybe some of you haven't even asked the question at all, like, what does the future look like? And, you know, we can reach this point in our life where we're, where we're lost, where we're like, what is our actual purpose? You know, studies have found that having a sense of purpose is actually really important for us. There are actual studies that outline this. So if you want to come get my sources later, I've got the sources. This is what a sense of purpose gives you. Can I tell you this? So a sense of purpose gives you a stronger immune system. Did you know that? You actually fight off sickness better when you have a sense of purpose. A sense of purpose helps you recover quicker from major surgery. So if you have a major surgery, having a sense of purpose in your life is actually going to help you speed up that recovery. Having a sense of purpose helps you to live longer on average. It helps you to live a longer life when you have that sense of purpose. And here's the funny one. When you have a sense of purpose, statistically, you're more likely to be wealthy. So there you go. There's some incentives to have a sense of purpose in your life. But... You know, studies have, have just recently uncovered how important it is for our health to know what we're here to do, to know what we're placed on this earth to do, and, and not just know it, but feel like we are walking in it. It's good for you. And it's almost like we are designed for that very purpose. You know, we are designed with a need of purpose in our lives. You know, you only thrive when you're walking in your purpose. That's what these studies have shown. You only do really well when you feel like you're walking in your purpose. And so we're going to be looking at that today. And, and one man in the Bible that is just an incredible story of, of purpose. He, he thought he had one purpose, but God just flipped it around, was a guy named Saul. Now Saul, you know, his name changed to Paul, so I'm sorry if I say either at either point, but Saul and Paul are the same person. But Saul was this guy who he was like the anti-Christian. His whole purpose in life was to go out and kill Christians. He actually got letters to make it legal for him to round up all these Christians and kill them. He's like, I am going to, you know, rid the earth of these Christians. And he was a murderer, but he thought he was doing God's work, right? And so he was on this journey to go do this very thing. He was going to go get some more Christians. He was on his way to Damascus. And, uh, and this incredible moment happens. I'm going to read it in Acts 9. It says, As Saul was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down on him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. Then the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. So Saul was on this journey to go round up more Christians, and he encountered Jesus in that moment. He encountered the real Jesus, not just the Jesus he imagined, not the Jesus he had an idea of in his mind, but he encountered the real Jesus, and that one encounter changed everything. You know, Saul had spent his whole life angry, hateful, spiteful of Jesus, and in this one moment, Jesus was just made real to him. It's like the veil had been lifted, and he's just seen the real Jesus. Now, Jesus at that point, had ascended into heaven. Jesus wasn't on the earth, but, you know, he had this vision of Jesus, that Jesus was there in front of him, and he, Jesus became real to him in that moment. And so, you know, Jesus said, get up and go into the city. And so, Paul, Saul, went into the city of Damascus, 
where Jesus told him to go. And in that city, God spoke to another man called Ananias. And Ananias was a believer. He was a Christian. And he said to Ananias, go and find Saul and pray for him to be able to see again. Because Saul's eyesight had gone. He couldn't see for three days. And so this is what, I love this. This is what Ananias says back to God. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is uh, authorized by the leading priests to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. He's like, I was just running from this guy and you want me to go and find him and pray for him. He's like, this guy was coming to kill me. He was coming to my city to come and kill me. And I was just getting ready to like, you know, hide away and, and go out. He's like, you want me to go and find him? And, and this is what God says back to, to Ananias. He says, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to, the, and to kings, as, as well as to the people of Israel. So God spoke to Ananias and said, yes, Saul is my chosen instrument. Saul is my chosen. I'm choosing Saul. And the real Jesus, you know, to the real Jesus, you are his chosen instrument. Just like Saul was. You are God's chosen instrument. You know, Ephesians says it like this. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. Long ago, before you were born, there was a plan for your life. And God has set you out. He's, he's chosen you to be like, you are my chosen instrument to come and do my work here on earth. God has good things for you. He has a plan for you. If you ever doubt that, you can just read the Bible and see that you are God's masterpiece. You are God's chosen instrument. So Saul had this incredible journey, right? And we're going to break it down. We're going to look at three things that happened in this story that I think we can really, you know, look at and, and uh, be inspired by. And so we're going to get into that. But, you know, I, everyone, most people here knows that I have a beautiful daughter. She's nine months old. And she is such a character, right? She is almost getting to the point of walking. She wants to walk, but the skill's not there. But who knows that she is like, she's running around, she's crawling everywhere. Well, what I love about her personality that's beginning to come through is that she will not give up on anything. She is like stubborn, fixated, like I will do that. And, uh, and so, you know, she's like, she's like, run, 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 sleep. Run, 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 sleep. Like she's going all the time. And so on this journey where she's starting to walk, she's like, she will not give up. She's like trying, 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 trying. And she'll fall. She'll even hit her head and she'll just get up and keep trying again. And she'll just get up and get up and get up and keep going. And I, I love that about her, that she is just a fighter. She's not going to give up easily. And, uh, you know, I think the first thing we need to learn from the, the lessons of Saul is the first thing Saul did was he got up. It said he got up, uh, sorry, God said to him, Jesus said to him, get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The first thing he did was get up. You know, he was brought to his knees before Jesus when he realized he was pursuing something that was destructive in his life. But Jesus said to him, he said, get up, get up, don't stay there. You know, there's this proverb that says, though the righteous fall, Seven times they will rise up again. It's like the righteous is just a word for saying like the people who have their lives together that are following God's will. Even they will fall seven times. But the difference is, is they will get up again. 
they will get up again. And so even though others doubted Paul, they even cancelled him, they blocked him out, written him off, you know, God didn't. And actually God changed his name from Saul to Paul. And, and Saul's journey as Saul didn't disqualify his future as Paul. His past was not a disqualification for what God had in him in his life. You know, God saw it all. God saw everything that Saul did, and it still did not disqualify him. And I feel like sometimes we can feel disqualified. We can feel disqualified by our past, by the things we've done. We haven't even killed Christians, most of us, I hope. (laughs) So compared to Saul, we should be good, right? And so what we need to do is stop living in the past. Stop living in the past. We need to get up. Today is the day to draw that line in the sand and say, I'm going to get up. I'm going to stop living in the past, stop living in shame, stop living in guilt, because I know that I am God's chosen instrument. He wants to use me. And doing that means looking forward rather than looking in the rearview mirror. You know, your past is not wasted either. Even though you feel like your past was, was you know, it could be like this dark point in your, in your history, your past isn't wasted because God actually uses that for the benefit of your future. You know, Saul was actually like a really gifted leader. He was actually like a really intelligent, resourced, wealthy guy. He, he had some gifts. And what I love about this story is that he was using those gifts for one thing, and then he had an encounter with Jesus, and those gifts made sense all of a sudden, and he started doing them for God. And Paul was one of the most influential characters of the New Testament. He wrote most of the New Testament. Here's this guy who should have been the worst sinner, who should have been counted out, And yet God used him. He was God's chosen instrument. You know, God will repurpose your past. You know, in in, in my past, I always had a gift of leadership, right? I was always able to influence people. And in high school, I was really good at influencing people to do bad things. I was that guy that would be the ringleader that gets all the friends suspended. And then I came up with the idea, like, that was my gift of leadership. And then I had an, an encounter with Jesus. And it was like, you know, the next day I'm like using that same gift, but for good. And I'm influencing people around God and and around discovering Him. And it's like God has given you gifts. And maybe you just haven't discovered why He's given you those gifts. Maybe you haven't discovered the avenue that He wants to use those gifts in. You know, God has a plan and a purpose in your life. And so the first step is just to get up. Just to get up, stop living in the past, but get up because he will repurpose it. And the Bible says all things work together for the good of those who love God and are according to his purpose. You know, as long as it's his purpose, he's going to use your past. He's going to use your giftings. He's going to use the things you learned and he's going to add his blessing to them according to his purpose. You know, in order to get up, Saul not only had to let go of his past, sin and his shame, but he also had to let go of his identity. You know, Paul had actually like quite a high status among the Pharisees. He was actually well known for being like an elite Pharisee. He was high up in the religious, you know, side of things. And so he had a status. He had a, a high status that he had to give up. And what I find really encouraging about that, because we can find earthly success like Paul did. But this is what Paul says, living from that experience. He's been successful And this is what he said after he started following God. He said this, Yes, everything is worthless compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, 
I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. Now, Paul counted it all as rubbish. He'd lived there. He'd had the highest status. He'd had the most wealth. He, he was recognized, and he counted it all as nothing compared to simply just knowing Jesus and knowing why he was placed on this earth, what purpose he had. You know, the real Jesus doesn't keep you in your past. He lifts you to your future. And so in order to get up, you know, there may be some things you need to let go of. There may be some, some forgiveness that you need to go after with God. Let go of shame. Let go of guilt. Let go of, of some things and replace them and, and review your life and reorientate your priorities. Letting go of the past and, and the titles and the plans and the achievements and actually pursuing God. So the first thing we need to do is get up and, and we're going to have a time in the end of our service where, you know, we're going we're gonna to have some ministry time and maybe you, like right now that point really resonated with you and you're thinking, man, I need to let go of some things. I need to actually make a line in the sand moment. This is my time and I've been dealing with things in the past for too long. Let me encourage you. This is that time. Don't wait. You know, it's, it's not doing you any good living in the past, but God has such a great future for you. So can I encourage you, even just start getting yourself ready now because there's no point waiting. The second thing that we can learn from Saul is that he got listening. He got listening. This is something that we miss in the story sometimes. But what did Paul do when he got up? It says he remained blind for three days, but he did not eat or drink. In other words, he fasted. In other words, he chose not to eat and drink in order to pursue God. He got listening. Fasting is just a way to quieten down our body senses, to heighten our spiritual senses. He got listening. And so Saul waited for three days seeking God. And he had this life-altering moment. And in order to find clarity, what does he do? He fasted. He started fasting. Now, sometimes our lives can get so turned upside down. And in these moments, we need to pursue God. You know, not comfort, not Netflix, not food, you know, not those things that make us feel good, but actually pursue God. Because when we get listening, then we can find true clarity. Come on, true clarity. True clar clarity only comes from God. It's as simple as this. God created you. He had your, your purpose in mind when he created you. And so in order to receive the vision for that, you need to go to the source, and that's why we need to get listening, get listening. You know, if you're in a time when you need direction, it's time to listen to God. If you're lost with direction, vision, purpose, it's time to pursue God like never before. It's time to get hungry and, and surrender before God that he would give you clarity, that he would give you the same clarity he gave Paul. So, so Saul was listening to God, he was pursuing him, and God gave him, you know, vision, purpose, and clarity. So, so we can read this in Acts 9. It says, So Ananias went and found Saul, and he laid hands on him. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who has appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales uh, fell from Saul's eyes, and he regained sight. Then he got up and was baptized. And in verse 20 it says, And immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, he indeed is the Son of God. Jesus is indeed the Son of God. So for three days, Saul did nothing else but wait on God. 
And eventually, clarity came in the arrival of Ananias. And Ananias prayed for him and prayed for him to regain sight. And what happened? The scales fell from his eyes. He got sight. But not only did he get physical vision, he actually got vision for his purpose. It was like a symbolism of the fact that God had given him a a fresh vision, fresh sight over what he was placed on this earth to do. And so when when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, when we encounter God, that's when we can get our clarity. Saul got clarity, he got peace of mind and vision through Ananias' prayer. You know, there was a time in my life when I thought my purpose was business, you know. I was year 10 and I'd picked those subjects, I'd picked econ and accounting, and I'm like, this is it. And so I went and did year 11 and 12 and they even started studying commerce at Curtin. And because I was gifted in that whole area, right? I was gifted uh, in, in business and finance. I'm like, this is my life. I'm going to make money. I'm going to be comfortable. I'm going to have a paid off house by the time I'm 25. Everything's going to be good. And this is why God has gifted me with these things. And it was funny because I was doing ministry at that time. I actually started ministry at the age of 17. I took over a small youth group and uh, I preached my first message at the age of 17, uh, which is crazy. Whole other story. But when I was 18, I was on a plane back from Sydney and I was still intent on pursuing this business idea, pursuing commerce. And it was on this plane that really I was just praying with God about what am I doing? What am I here to do? Like, give me vision. And God just gave me the invitation to go all in for ministry. He said, here is your moment. Here is your invitation to make the rest of your life about ministry and I'll add my blessing to it. And, and that's what it was. And I'm like, well, I could pursue commerce. I feel like I actually could do that. But I actually wanted to choose God's purpose for my life. The Holy Spirit came to me in that moment in a small, like it wasn't this big moment. It was like, it was just like an impression on my heart where I'm like, Yep, ministry is actually what God has called me to do. And that moment on a plane somewhere over, you know, South Australia, I made the decision to spend the rest of my life pursuing ministry, you know, ministering, serving, serving to people. And so I didn't know when, I didn't know what, I didn't know where, I didn't know who, I didn't know how, I didn't know why, but God had given me enough to begin He just said ministry, and I'm like, well, I've got a ministry, so I'm just going to start right here. And as you seek Jesus, you know, he gives you vision, and he will, as you pursue him, he'll tell you exactly what you need to know to begin. So so two things on purpose before we move on, is the first thing is that your purpose is always connected to others. You know, the Great Commission, which is Jesus speaking to all of us, he says this, he says, go out into the world and make disciples. That applies to you, that applies to me, we're all a part of that. When we walk in that, that is the sense of purpose that actually makes us healthier. Like that, I think that's what the study is talking about. That is what we're designed for by the Creator. So all of our purposes are somewhat connected to others. And each of us are connected to that purpose. But here's the other thing, is that your purpose is discovered also through the body of Christ, the church. This is what the church is. When we gather together, we are able to confirm each other's calls, speak prophecies over each other, edify each other. You know, Saul actually saw Jesus and Jesus gave him a purpose. But it wasn't until Ananias came and prayed for him that it was confirmed. You know, like Saul saw Jesus and still needed the confirmation through the body. And so that's why church is important. Our purpose is discovered through the church. Not just in the church. Like we all go out into the world and make disciples, but it's discovered in the church. And so 
The real Jesus speaks purpose to our heart and confirms it through his body, which is a church. But here's the last thing, and we'll get the band back up. The last thing is to just get going. Just get going. Now, sometimes we can know what God has called us to do, but we can just be waiting until we're, you know, qualified, until we've had enough experience, and then we need to wait for the right opportunity. And then we just need to wait until we're a little bit older and have a little bit more life experience before you can become a pastor or become this or do that, you know. We can, we can actually just wait until, until when? Until everything's perfect? Until, like, all of a sudden we're just magically ascend into a role where we've just magically got experience and a qualification? No, but we can waste our time just waiting. But, you know, what I love about this is we just need to get going. We just need to begin. Now, I'm a 25-year-old pastor in the seventh year of ministry. We just need to begin. I'm glad I didn't wait until I was old enough because I'd still be waiting. It's time to get going and see the power of God move in your life. I love this saying, and I think it's so true, is that God doesn't just call the qualified. He doesn't just call the people with the degree, and with the experience, with the age, and all of this stuff. God qualifies the call. Get going and he'll begin to qualify you. Get going and he'll begin to add his power to what you're doing. In other words, don't wait until everything is perfect. But the time to start is now. And if you're looking for a sign, if you're like, God, just give me a sign. I need to know when to start serving, when to put my hand up to leave the dinner party, when to do Ocean's Academy. I just need a sign. This is it. Get going. If God has placed the impression on your heart to do something, get going. The time is now. He will equip you with His power, which is so much greater than our ability. He'll equip you with His power as you go. As you go. Jesus said, go out into the world. He said, go out into the, into the world and I will be with you. So as we go, Jesus comes along with us. The Holy Spirit comes along with us. It's not my gift or my ability or, or how good I am at doing everything. It's actually the Holy Spirit at work within me. It's the Holy Spirit at work within you. It's as you go, He adds His power to it. In Acts 9, 17, it says, So Ananias went and found Saul, and he laid hands on him. And he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who has appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Saul received the Holy Spirit as his eyes were open to the vision that God had called him to do. You know, as you go with purpose, as Saul went with purpose, God's promise is that you will have the power to fulfill it. As you go, God's promise is that you will have His power to do it. You might not feel qualified. That's sort of the point. That's why He's choosing people to, to prove that it's not you, but to prove that it's Him. And here's the remarkable thing, right? Saul went out and preached straight away to the believers. He was on a journey to go and kill believers. And three days later, it says this, Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days and he immediately began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying that he, Jesus, is indeed the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed. Why? Because it wasn't him. He didn't just wait until he had spent a few years as a Christian and proved himself that he's actually a good Christian. No, he's like... I had an encounter with Jesus and I'm going to get going. I'm just going to go and believe that the power of the Lord is going to, going to come with me. He didn't wait. He started preaching. It's actually an incredible testimony to the believers as well. They're like, man, isn't this the guy we've got posters of on the synagogues? Like, 
avoid this guy. And here he is encouraging me, like only God, right? Only God. You know, the real Jesus goes with you and gives you the power to do everything he has called you to do. So I want to encourage you, if you're just, if you're waiting, if you're like, I know what I'm called to do, but I just don't know when. Can I just encourage you, get going. With what God has placed in front of you, just go all out. With the options and the opportunities that He has for you, if there is an avenue and you've got an impression on your heart, don't wait anymore. Don't wait until the perfect time, but make the decision that now is the time. I'm going to get going. Now, why don't we just stand to our feet? Now, part of me getting up, you know, getting going was me letting go of my ideas of what my future was going to look like. Letting go of the idea that, you know, I was going to have this nice life that's going to be comfortable and, and easy and, you know, retire early, all these things. Part of me was letting go of that and actually allowing God to repurpose those gifts. And, you know, can I tell you that I have found so much greater satisfaction in, in what I'm doing than if I pursued those avenues. There's so much greater satisfaction in just pursuing God. That as I listened to Jesus, as I pursued Him, as I simply just got going, I found such a great fulfillment in my life just through going after God, pursuing God. Now, now we're leading a campus, me and my wife. Now, you know, we're just doing what we're doing with what's in front of us. We didn't set out to lead a campus. We're just like, we're pursuing God. And here's, oh, okay, we'll be campus pastors. This is great. This is awesome. And, and we get to be a part of something great as a result. We get to be a part of something great from just being obedient to God. And God wants to do the same with you. Same, 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 but different. You know, it's not necessarily calling you into pastoring. Maybe He is, but maybe He's calling you into business or, or, you know, the way you raise kids, there's a new purpose over that. At work, helping the poor, ultimately just fulfilling the Great Commission. Ultimately, going out into the world and making disciples, telling people about Jesus. You know, maybe God wants the same for you and this is the moment where He's speaking to you. you know, if you've ever prayed that prayer, like, God, what do you have for me? What does the future hold? You know, this message is that moment. I feel like this message is that moment for a few people here. So can I encourage you? Like, let's, let's actually get up. Let's let go of the past. Let's stop looking at the past. Let's stop looking at the ways that we're not good enough. Let's get listening and praying and pursuing God. Come on, let's get hungry and let's just get going. Let's just begin with what's in front of us. Come on, let's just pray. Holy Spirit, I just ask you right now to come and intervene with every prayer. So God, would you lift off the guilt? Would you lift off the shame? Father, we surrender them to you. Thank you that your grace is flowing to us right now, that there's mercy for those things. Those things don't disqualify us. But God, as we give them to you, you add your power to them to transform lives. So God, I pray right now for a shift in mentality over people, that guilt and shame would no longer box us in. In Jesus' name, God, we just pray for prophetic words and visions and dreams, for the scales to fall off people's eyes, where, the, where your voice has felt distant, God, would it be loud and would it be clear right now in this moment? Holy Spirit, would you come and speak to us now? Come and speak to us now. Father, thank you that you're moving among us. Would you place impressions on people's hearts? Father, would you even just place just this, this, uh, this excitement on people's heart for life, this excitement just to get going. Father, I just pray as we get going as well, as people just do things, that your power is just added to what they do. They will just do something and it will just have this grace and momentum to it because your power is at work in it. 
Father, I pray for people as they get going in their workplaces, as they get going in their families, as they get going in their, in their universities and schools. Father, they would have your power that goes with them, God. Not because of their own ability, not because of their own qualification, but because of your power at work in their lives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit, you just still be just moving, giving visions, giving, giving sight to people. God, why don't you just begin to wait on God? Wait on God. Lean in. Be like, God, I need a word from you. Thank you, Lord. I just feel like in this moment, we should uh, make a space for people who, who know God is up to something in their lives and they just feel like they need to be obedient to it. Maybe it's the get up part where they need to stop looking at the past. Maybe it's the get listening part where they actually need to pursue God. Like they've been weighing up these big life decisions. Like you've been weighing up these big decisions in your life and, and you actually haven't gone to God about it. Or maybe it's just the fact that you know what God has called you to do, but you've just been putting it off until, until something happens. And God's just speaking to you in this moment saying, get going. Hey, if that's you, can I encourage you? Let's make a stand physically, symbolically. Why don't you just come out to the front and say, God, I am available. God, I'm available. God, I'm getting up right now and coming to the front because I'm available. I'm coming to the front because I'm listening. I'm coming to the front because I am going to get going right now. Not tomorrow, not the next day, but right now. Come on, why don't you, why don't you just make that stand right now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on, let's not wait for another day. Let's not wait for another moment. This is the, the moment that God has set out for you right now. Come on, let's sing, I surrender. Come on, let's surrender to Him today.
God, why don't we just sing, I surrender. This is your declaration to God between you and Him. significant moment right now. You know, whenever there's obedience, there's blessing. Whenever there's obedience, there's blessing. And, and as you're at the front, as you're pursuing God, there is a blessing that comes on the other side. And so, Father, I just pray right now, would there be a grace upon each person as they've made this decision, God, to not only just know you, but pursue you, God. To not only just know about their purpose, but pursue what you've called them to do on this earth. And God, I just pray that there would be a multiplication of people, that as people are walking in their purpose, that there would be your power at work in their lives for multiplication in Jesus' name. That there'll be salvations, there'll be baptisms, God. There would even just be seeds of, of, of faith planted that grow over time, God. I pray for an anointing over each and every person in this room, God, as they have been obedient to you, God. Would you just use them in miraculous ways in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Now, maybe you're in this room and you've actually never made the decision to follow God. Maybe you're here for the first time or maybe you've been coming for a while, but you've actually you've never made the decision or maybe you've made the decision, but it's been some time and you've walked away and and you just feel like you need to make that commitment again. I want to give you this space in this moment. We're not going to get you up the front, but in a moment, we're just going to get you to raise your hand so we know who, you, who we're praying for. But can I just tell you that when you make that decision, it, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily cost anything. It just costs your past. And you get a whole new life. You get new, the Bible says you get new life. You get new hope in Jesus as you decide to follow Him. And the Bible says it's this easy. You just need to believe in your heart confess with your mouth. But the only qualification is just to decide to follow Him. And so in this moment, we're just going to have a space where you can make that decision with every eyes, every eye closed in this place. This is just between you and God. But if you want to make that decision to follow God, maybe it's for the first time or maybe for the second or third time, why don't you just raise your hand nice and high as a sign as I can just pray for you so I can know who I'm praying for if that's you. Yeah, that's awesome. I see your hand. That's great. Come on, now's the time. Let's not wait until when. Let's not wait until we've got our lives together. If that's you, why don't you just raise your hand nice and high. Awesome. Hey, you can put down your hand. Hey, we're going to pray this as a church because we are a family. So we're going to pray this loud and with faith and together. So let's pray this. Dear Lord, let's pray it loud. Let's pray it loud. Dear Lord, I give you my life. Thank you for your grace and forgiveness. And today I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's praise Him. Let's worship Him. Thank you for listening to the Oceans Church podcast. For more information, visit oceans.church.